0: It's a little stressful if you're a 49ers fan watching Jimmy Garoppolo at times. It is a roller coaster ride when he gets the ball, especially outside the pocket, trying to come back into the middle. That's the the second throw now. I showed Troy Reeder there in that first half who had a chance that time ran.
2: Troy Aikman's last broadcast at Fox, and we're not saying it was his last. This is a report that he is being courted uh, by ESPN, and it seems that a deal may be close, but uh, the last broadcast that Troy Aikman did at Fox was the NFC Championship game between the Los Angeles Rams and the San Francisco 49ers. That was a soundbite of Aikman talking about Jimmy Caroppolo. He is Aikman of, of the major network uh, color commentators. I would say that Aikman probably is my favorite. I uh, really enjoy the work that Kurt Warner does. Uh, no problem with, with Tony Romo and Chris Collinsworth. I just am not as wild about some of their stuff as, as I am with Aikman. Aikman to me, Warner, that's real football. It's pure football. Uh, you know, they, they have, uh, Aikman, I should say, has a sense of humor. Uh, he'll make a clever comment once in a while. But for the most part, he's really breaking down the game and teaching you uh, as, as the game goes on. I, I think that in Tony Romo, uh, you get some teaching moments. He's much newer to the booth. But uh, you also uh, get just kind of a lot of a goofy, g whiz type stuff. And and Collinsworth, for me, I, I, I'm, I'm not a, a huge fan of, of, uh, pro football focus, which is his baby, the whole next gen stats thing. I mean, there's, there's obviously some good stuff there. Um, but, but I think at times, uh, he will, you know, rely too much on that as opposed to just the game going on in front of him and the actual matchups and the players. They're all good. I, I believe me, I'm not trying to criticize any of them. I enjoy listening to all three, uh, but I do think Aikman um, is the best because I think he's the the, the, the purest uh, the the biggest football purist I guess is what I'm trying to say there. So with that, let me get back to the phone lines. We'll get back to the text line in a little while. But 312-644-6767 is our phone number. It is the BetQL listener line. And Darren from Hayward, in Iowa has dialed us up. Darren, how are you doing tonight?
1: I'm doing good, Hub. Thanks for taking my call. Um, the reason I called, I don't know if you know any information or not, but I'm going to ask you, do you about know who's going to actually take over the NFL Sunday ticket? I do know that the 2022 season is the last year for the NFL Direct TV. Now, I was just wondering if you know anything about who's in the front running or who's possibility or who.
2: You know, Darren, I, I, I don't. It's not something that i would even been thinking about, but I could make a, an educated guess that I would think it would be the NFL network. Uh, you, you know, I mean, I'm not sure at this point, now that, I mean, when they first gave the ticket, or not gave, but they negotiated a deal for the ticket with DirecTV, there was no NFL network. And, and then the, the network has been growing uh, over the last, what, decade, decade and a half or so. Um, but it is, you know, uh, a fully formed network of their own right now. And so can they make more money by, you know, producing and running the ticket themselves, uh, you know, than selling the rights to someone else? Now, again, this is not an area of my expertise. I don't know how the finances or the money works on I'm here at Amazon. Um, I'm sorry? I'm here at Amazon. Well, that, that's oh, a possibility ESPN too. Plus. Yeah, I see. I don't know, but I don't know why they would need any of them. Are, are, is it the NFL? And again, now I don't understand the, the the finances here. But apparently, if they do, it will be because they believe they can make more money in rights fees from one of those networks than they can by just selling the package themselves. Um, so, right. uh, you know, if that's the case, then. You know, I know Amazon is, <laughs> they got enough money. They're a big player for everything right now, you know, and that wouldn't be surprising. <laughs> yeah. uh, and that would also exactly. explain, you know, why there are these rumors that Amazon is courting Al Michaels. Although, with the ticket, you're now talking about offering every game. And so, you know, obviously, uh, you know, Michaels isn't going to broadcast them all. And, you know, it's it's interesting because I would think, the way the ticket works now is you're just you're getting the network broadcast delivered via the ticket. They're not putting their own broadcasters in there, unless I'm missing something. Um, so I would think it's interesting. I'm not even sure how this deal works. I mean, I, I would think that there has to be some type of compensation for for the other three networks. Uh, you know. Hey, how
1: can I ask yeah. one? I got one other question to ask. Okay. Sure. Now. The thing the thing I read on uh, my NFL blog is that if Amazon takes over the NFL Sunday ticket, you'd be able to downstream it on your TV. And the way the Amazon wants it running is, like, I'm a big Bears fan. The only game I can pay for is the Chicago Bears um, games. I can only get the Bears games. I can't get the Packers. I can't get the Vikings or whoever. Like my brother is a, like my brother is a Cowboys fan. If he wanted to just buy the Cowboys package, he can buy the Cowboys package. That's how Amazon wants to run that. Uh,
2: again, Darren, I, I wish I could help you, but I'm already out over my skis on this. I I, i've you. never I've never had the ticket. Uh, I, i've I've always been a, a cable guy as opposed to a satellite guy. And I can tell you with the advent yep. of the Red Zone, I don't really need the ticket, to be honest with you. Now, if, I, if I, but I, <laughs> I, 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 I do, I get, I don't miss a Bears game. Well, I was just going to say, I get what you're saying, because if you're an out-of-market fan of a specific team, you know, then obviously right. you want the ticket as opposed to the red zone. So I'm not trying to be a wise guy here, but but as far as the, oh
1: yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah, as far but as but anyway, all the money,
1: I'll thank you so much, buddy.
2: Darren, thank you for the phone call, guys. The point I'm trying to make here is, as far as how the money on this works, I don't know. What I do know is that the NFL owners are going to follow the money. And, and so uh, wherever they can make the most money by offering out-of-market broadcasts in other networks is what they're going to do. Uh, Amazon certainly has the money to spend. Um, but I'm just trying to apply common sense here. And the one thing I do know is that when you get these broadcasts via the ticket, you're still getting the existing broadcast. They're not doing their own broadcast. And so if you wanna get the bears and you're out of market and the bears are on Fox that day via the ticket, you're gonna get that Fox production and whoever those announcers are. And that being the case, I don't know if, if revenue from the Sunday ticket has to be shared with the other network partners, or it simply could be that supplying that broadcast um, is part of what the NFL now owns in exchange, uh, or I should say part of what the other networks are paying in exchange for the rights fees to carry the broadcast they do over the air. Uh, it's an interesting subject, an interesting conversation, but we need somebody with a lot more expertise on the subject than me to get you the answers. Should we learn more? Uh, certainly the score is going to be the place to find out. So Darren, thank you for the phone call. Uh, as promised, guys, I do want to get back to a few more of your texts as well in the uh, text zone brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Save time, shop online at RosenHyundai.com. Uh, I've got a few texters who are upset with the text I replied to uh, relative to Phil Mickelson. Guys, all I can tell you is, first of all, I was replying to somebody else's text about Uh, who was defending Lefty. Um, I do not know anything about the Saudi Arabian golf tour, uh, nor do I know a whole lot about the Saudi Arabian government, certainly not defending them uh, or suggesting in any way. I think it's pretty obvious that that, that Lefty kind of made a mess for himself and he's trying to clean it up. Um, But clearly his intent was to try and gain some leverage over the PGA by playing his golf elsewhere and believing that some of the other professionals were going to go with him uh, and that that did not work out. As far as the Saudi Arabian golf tour, I guess you would call it, I didn't know it existed until, uh, you know, Lefty brought it up the other day. So I certainly, you know, have nothing to say to defend or, or anything to offer um, about it. So let's look at another text here. Uh, from, uh, this is Will from Crown Point, Indiana, giving me his name, uh, here on the text line. Do I think if Aaron Rodgers leaves the Packers, the Bears retooling rebuilding plan will be sped up to take advantage of the lackluster NFC North. Yeah, well, it's, it, it's a good question, um, but I, I don't know that it really matters based on what we've heard so far from Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus. And, you know, very much looking forward to getting to the Combine Indianapolis next week when we will have another session with Matt Eberflus, as well as a, I think it's a Chicago media only session with Ryan Poles. Uh, and we can ask some more questions, try and gain some more knowledge. But the one thing that I did my best to ask in several different ways. The first time we got to visit with these guys was, is this a rebuild or a reload? And either way, you know, when do you expect to be competitive? And both men were were very clear and very adamant that they intend to and expect to and want to compete this year. And so I don't think what happens in green Bay really has anything to do with it. Now, you know how they're going to go about Will. um and speaking to Will. I should say, who texted me here. Uh, Will, how they're going to go about that, uh, I don't know. You know, Ryan Poles has talked about building through the draft and being strategic in free agency. Well, let's look at what they've got to do. They've got to get at least two, probably three, new wide receivers, and one of them has to be a number one, uh, or the passing game is going to continue to at least be ham- hampered in its in its ability to develop. Um, I think that they've got a lot of interesting pieces on the offensive line, but if they could lock down a dependable and and even better, a really quality left tackle, then they have the chance just by re-signing James Daniels to have, you know, their their own pretty good offensive line with what's in house. They need depth at tight end. They're set at running back. Obviously, Justin Fields is the quarterback defensively with a switch to the 4-3. They're actually loaded on the defensive line. They struggle at the three technique. Um, but if they re-sign Bilal Nichols, a lot of people think he was meant to play it. They're gonna to have to ask linebackers. They just they don't have enough under contract right now. Uh, Roquan Smith is going to be one of the best in the league, but now needing three linebackers instead of two. Alec Ogletree is a free agent. I expect Danny Trevathan to be a cap casualty uh, and possibly unable to pass a physical. Um, uh, Christian Jones is a free agent. They will get Jeremiah Adoichu back, but he's more of a 3-4 outside backer than necessarily having a natural position in the 4-3. So they're going to need a couple linebackers, and they need more help at cornerback, and if they don't re-sign Tayshaun Gibson, they need another starting safety. So there is plenty of work to do, um, and they've only got five draft picks. Now, in the second and third round, you can get plug-and-play starters at some of those positions. You can certainly get an, an immediate impact at wide receiver if you get the right guy especially in the second round. You can definitely get a starting safety in the second or third round. Other than that, though, what I talked about, it's going to be tough to get guys to make an immediate impact if that's how you use those day two picks because even though you got two fifth round picks, you don't get to go to work again until well into day three and not a lot of GMs in the league have got the magic touch in the fifth round that Ryan Pace seemed to have. So now you got to look at free agencies. So, um, you know, well, I expect them to actively pursue either a wide receiver or a left tackle or both in free agency. I think that they they would be well-served to re-sign James Daniels and Bilal Nichols, although I don't know what Ryan Poles is thinking about that. And even if they do those things, then you're still looking um, You know, uh, for... I'd love to see Tayshawn Gibson back at 32, uh, coming off of two one-year deals. I'm not sure what happens there. So it's not a complete rebuild, but there's a lot of retooling to do. And I don't think what happens with the Packers has anything to do with it. So uh, I appreciate the text. I hope that answers uh, your question. Um, And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens next. I also have a text here from the 815 area code, uh, which uh, says the last caller has me drooling over the the thought of Marshawn Lattimore and Mike Williams, both being Chicago Bears next year, why do you get my hopes up, Hub? I I don't know if you were listening to what I was saying. <laughs> the caller was asking, can the Bears get rich in free agency by picking up the scraps and cap casualties of the New Orleans Saints? Um, and, and that's how Marshawn Lattimore came up. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore is not going to be a cap casualty because it will cost them $13 million against the cap. He's got $27 million in cap mo- in, uh in dead money by cutting him, uh, they're only guaranteed 14 million this year, so they're they're losing 13 million against the cap if they cut him. That's not going to happen. Marshawn Lattimore is is one of the few guys almost certain to be a saint, and probably will get his deal redone. Now you said Mike Williams, but you may have been referring to Mike Thomas. Uh, Mike Thomas has a big deal, uh, a, a big contract, I should say, and when you look at his contract. Um, it's actually not as bad. There would be a $2 million cap savings by cutting him, but they'd still be eating 22.7 in dead cap money. Now, by waiting till after June 1st, they'd only eat some of that this year. But again, uh, Michael Thomas probably isn't going anywhere. If you're referring to Mike Williams, uh, Mike Williams is an unrestricted free agent and uh, and could very well uh, be available to the Bears. I don't know that the L.A. Chargers are going to let him out of town. In Keenan Allen, they do already have a number one uh, wide receiver, but one who is reaching middle age now, and that is dangerous for wide receivers in the NFL. So Mike Williams is certainly a guy to keep an eye on. Him paired with Darnell Mooney, and then another potential number two who you're using as your number three that you might get in the second round of the draft, or even better yet, a number one. That could fix things pretty quickly, assuming that, that a Daz Newsome or an Isaiah Coulter or a Simba Webster uh, can step up and fill the, those fourth and fifth spots. Because really, Darnell Mooney is the only proven NFL receiver on the roster for the Bears right now. That, that's going to be the biggest question mark for the Bears this offseason. What do they do about that wide receiver position? Guys, I'm going to get to more of your calls and texts. We've still got about 45 minutes left, but we want to do next... Uh, My buddy, former employee, former partner, Eric Edholm, we worked together for 11 years at Pro Football Weekly, Uh, worked together for another couple years at Shaw Media before he left for YahooSports.com. He is now the draft expert at YahooSports.com and visited earlier today with my buddy Anthony Heron. Big Ant was in for Lawrence Holmes in the midday show and they had a really interesting conversation about a lot of things going on draft-wise, combine-wise this offseason. We thought it'd be worth a listen for those of you who may have missed it. So we're going to take a very quick commercial break here, and then we're going to spend a few minutes with Anthony Heron and Eric Edholm. That is next right here on The Score.
0: This is Sports Radio 670, The Score, Chicago's sports station.
2: Welcome back, everybody. Hub is with you tonight from 7 to 10. We've got about 40 minutes left here, plenty of time left uh, to talk sports here at Chicago's number one all sports radio station, 670 The Score. Um, Guys, there there is breaking news out there that is not uh, anything to do with the world of sports, but it's pretty serious stuff. And so certainly I have no commentary on it. But we do bring you breaking news on the score brought to you by DuckDuckGo. Protect your privacy online for free with DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo Privacy Simplified. Uh, the Ukraine president has now urged Russian citizens to oppose war as invasion warnings mount what we're hearing now multiple reports of cyber attacks inside the Ukraine government that has shut down their ability to communicate and operate uh, Vladimir Putin uh, Putin I should say has already uh, ordered troops into the two separatist breakaway areas of the Ukraine. Uh, But apparently this is escalating rapidly as we visit right now. So uh, if anything more newsworthy develops, we will certainly report it for you. We're going to go back to talking sports and not because we're belittling the importance or the significance of this in any way um it's because we are here as an all sports radio station and other than being able to report the headlines for you uh, i don't have a lot of insight but should anything more significant break we will bring it to you uh here before i get off the air at 10 o'clock again multiple reports now of cyber attacks inside ukraine and the idea or the the belief that a full invasion uh, could be either beginning or already underway. This again, according to multiple reports, we will get you more as we have more details. Right now, we're going to go back to a conversation from earlier today um here at the score anthony heron was in for lawrence holmes and he had my buddy eric Edholm on eric is now uh the draft expert for yahoo sports.com and i really i just i, I happen to be listening and enjoyed this conversation a lot and thought for those of you who missed it that you'll probably uh learn something from it as well so without further ado let me throw it to anthony heron and eric at home
3: my guy eric Edholm. He joins me on the Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas hotline, home of the world's largest sports book. Eric is of Yahoo Sports. And you can find him on Twitter at Eric underscore at home. E, what's happening, man? I'm doing all right, man. How about you? I'm not too bad, not too bad. Excited about some of these uh these prospects and really some of the storylines just in the midst of the the NFL offseason here, you know, where the NBA is away for a few days also. But teams are are gonna be in the process, have already begun the process of just trying to figure out how they utilize their resources, their capital in draft picks and in finances Uh, in your your early impressions. Now that the the all-star circuit is behind us all the way up through this past weekend with the very I got to call the very first HBCU legacy ball for Sirius XM. And so that was, you know, even a really cool new event to to focus on some of the HBCU talent. So the off season is is enhancing a bit, but are there are there any developing storylines just coming off of the All Star circuit that you find really intriguing headed to the combine in Indy?
0: Yeah, yeah, draft wise, obviously, I mean, at the senior ball, we were able to see the you know theoretically six of the top seven quarterbacks so that that was a uh, pretty revealing on that front Matt Corral from Ole Miss the one who you know didn't perform at a uh at any of those events he's an underclassman so you know I think we have a little more clarity on that position but still a long way to go to figure out who the top quarterback is and things like that that's always where you start even if even if uh you know Bears fans know who their quarterback is next year I think it's you know, it it definitely helps shape the draft. And this is going to be a fascinating one, Anthony, because, you know, you could make a case for Malik Willis being a superior talent. You could say that Kenny Pickett deserves to be a first-round pick. You may think, you know, Sam Howell has some untapped potential. But, you know, how those guys shake out, where Desmond Ritter goes, you know, all these, you know, different quarterbacks who are in the, you know, the upper parts of the draft, but none – Carrying that that Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson like draft stock into the combine. I mean, it really is uncertain how many go in the first round, how many go in the second, et cetera. So that's a big one. Um, and then obviously, you know, this week is going to be huge for both the underclass. Or this coming week, I should say, is going to be good for you know the injured players getting looked by doctors and uh, the interview process is obviously huge some of the workouts as well you know those can can uh, tilt evaluations a little bit so yeah a lot going on uh, as we kind of get ready for uh, draft season here
3: and i i I was a little surprised the story about the the bubble that the NFL was initially proposing <laughs> yeah. to put the players in. I it seemed like the type of thing that may have or perhaps should have even picked up more steam than it did. But what what exactly was the NFL putting on the table, and then how did it end up getting yanked off the table?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's amazing what uh, you know what a, a collectively uh, angered group of agents can achieve. You know? <laughs> The word started kind of leaking out around Sunday that, uh, you know, the NFL, I think a couple days prior had issued, you know, basically the, 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 living conditions for the prospects. And, you know, a lot of them will start reporting on Monday and, you know, they go through a battery of medical tests and, and, you know, get registered and everything else, but they were expected to, you know, check into their hotels, not leave the hotel or Lucas oil where the testing is done Obviously, those are connected by those those sky ramps or whatever. So theoretically, not going outside, um, not being able to have the pre workout diet that they were expecting, not being able to have more than one of their you know their group of people, whether it's you know trainers or you know athletic folks or anybody in their their little inner circle, you know they might be coming off a, an injury and want to have their people with them that sort of thing. It was limited to one, whereas you know in most years they usually roll a little deeper than that, right? So I think just some of the – plus the fact that, you know, the, some of the workouts had changed and they wanted to put the bench press on the same day as the uh, the on-field workouts and such. That, you know, got these, you know, the high-powered agents pretty uh, lathered up. And so they banded together and, you know, started kind of rattling some trees and getting things getting moved around. And not, you know, not shockingly, the, the league kind of – through the combine, you know, organizers under the bus a little bit. And the combine kind of suggested that it was over their heads. So, you know, it became one of those little, you know, he said, she said type deals and they figured it out. Apparently those conditions are going to be better, even if the workouts are not exactly what the agents were hoping for.
3: Eric at home of Yahoo on the Lawrence Holmes show. Here I'm Anthony And filling in for Lawrence Holmes. You can find Eric on Twitter at Eric underscore at home. He joins me on the Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas hotline, and the the agents who kind of got together was there. Do you get the impression that the agents just sort of stepped forward and in, in feeling like they were representing their clients' best interests? Were were their players in particular who felt like you know what? I don't want to. Like, you know, when I went to the combine 20 plus years ago, yeah, we we were doing the bench press and the Cybex test on different days. All the kind of power stuff was on one day and then we got on the field and did the drills on a completely different day. There's a little bit of recovery in between. We could roam around the city, around the hotel, interview here and there. And, you know, I'm wondering what were were there players who had concerns through their agents or was it the agent saying this is just isn't going to work for our guys?
0: Yeah, I think it was probably more the agents sort of saying, hey, you know, this is something that affects all of our guys, right? I mean, you're you're serving them food that they're not used to eating, right? They're on these sort of regimented diets or at whatever training facilities they're at. Or, you know, I mean, obviously there's, you know, whether you're trying to lose weight, gain weight, maintain weight, whatever that may be health-wise, uh, you know, they've got these sort of pattern uh, the, the sort of plans that they go through, with whether they're in rehab or strength training or what have you, speed training, you know, all that seemed to be threatened, threatened, you know, so it applied to a lot of different types of players. From what I understand, it wasn't like, you know, uh, Aiden Hutchinson said to Mike McCartney, hey, I'm not working out. It wasn't anything like that. I think it was a lot of the agents just basically saying, this isn't going to work, right? So I, it would have been i tell you what, I, it's, looking back now, I think the agents, I don't want to say they, they, they pulled one over on the NFL, but <laughs> I wonder, like, had, had they not conceded on those the, the bubble issue, right, the, the living conditions, had they not changed that? I kind of wonder if some of the players might have just gone rogue and said, you know what, I know you're advising me not to work out, but I have too much at stake. I'm just going to do it. You know, I think it would have been – Pretty late in the process for a lot. I mean, maybe some would have. Every year we have players opt out of workouts. But I kind of got the sense making some calls last night after everything was resolved that, you know, that threat may not have been as, you know, firm as everybody assumed it would be, although some likely would have sat out.
3: Yeah, that that part is really interesting. I remember when uh, like I had, I had tweaked my hamstring shortly before I went to the combine, and you know my agent was telling me, eh, just don't run the forty; do some of the other stuff." It's like, "No, nah, I want yeah. everything. I want to compete." And blah blah blah. And, you of know. He worked for me. I, I made the decision, and my 40 time wasn't nearly what I wanted it to be. Um, yep. So, yeah, that, that would have been a, a really interesting dynamic to see that play out. You mentioned the, the drills on the field. Obviously, that's where it's, it's turned into this major television event, and that's the part that the mm-hmm. public gets to see is what's happening on the field. There has been sort of this chorus of, you know, like everything gets, gets critiqued, and folks are looking for everything to adjust and, in every sport now. The combine itself – same drills have been getting done for years and years at this point. Even before it was a TV event, are you hearing that there's potential that that maybe the on-field portion of things could perhaps be become different in the years to come?
0: Yeah, I know they've already made some of the changes in terms of you know what they ask the players to do in, in positional drills, and and I think just in general, there's a sense that you know with some of the technology that's come along, like the zebra technology, where you know you sort of attach these little GPS devices to your body, and, and it can measure, you know, how quickly the players move and, and move with pads on, right? Obviously, the, the combine, we, we like to call the underwear Olympics because they're running in, you know, spandex and whatnot, and that's not exactly, you know, pure football condition. So, <laughs> great, you can run a four three in, in in your shorts, but what, what can you do with a with helmet and pads on and whatnot? So, I think with the advent of a lot of those technologies that are, you know, really becoming... A big part of what scouting departments and analytic de- departments, you know, uh, study and measure and decide. Okay, you know, the, his testing times were ordinary, but we see the way he moves on the field. You know, they do it at the Senior Bowl. They've done it. A lot of the schools have adopted the bigger programs have used this stuff. So I have a feeling that as great as the TV event is, you know, we love watching barrel-chested guys pump out 40 reps on the bench. They love watching the sprinters line up and, you know, blaze a 40 and all that. It's fun to watch their change of direction skills. But, yeah, to your, to your question, I really think that in the coming years, even if they want to make it the marquee TV event, it probably means a little bit less to some of the NFL evaluators where they have, you know, measurables or, or you know, they have – Metrics they can use that better accu- accurately portray what kind of athlete they are.
3: You kind of referenced, uh, you know, players of occasionally skipping some of these things. Do you do mm-hmm. you get the impression that there's any more players than than what they've been in recent years beginning to just sort of blow off the combine a little bit and just plan on showing up at their pro day doing their thing, or is it kind of standard for how it's been going in recent years?
0: Yeah, it wouldn't be shocking if there's a little bit a little bit more than normal. Obviously, even even with the you know, the bubble issue resolved, you, you absolutely are going to have players who, you know, maybe they have the the ant hair and the uh, hamstring pull and, uh, you know, decide, you know what, better safe to, to, to rest this thing up and wait for pro day because guess what? The scouts are going to go. And even if they – even if you're a smaller school guy, somebody will be at that workout recording the time and, you know, uh, you know, getting it to the, the APT report and making sure every NFL team knows – exactly what they ran whenever they ran. Some don't run it at all, you know. So I think we've we've been trending in that direction where more players opt out. We've seen it, obviously, with the bowl games in college. We've seen, you know, players kind of take care, you know, control of their own futures and decide what they do and don't want to do. And, you know, teams are just having to take what information they have. If you're a great player, you're going to get drafted. If you have enough on your body of work to, you know, to convince a team you're worth taking, high in the draft you're going to be taken high in the draft and if if you're if you don't have that it's your risk to to take whether you work out or not whether you feel like you need to do the whole battery of tests or whether you could be a little more selective
3: As always the outstanding stuff and looking forward to your coverage of everything that goes on in and around Indy and then the upcoming uh journey to the draft that will follow appreciate your time man all
0: right man look forward to seeing you man too
2: That was Anthony Heron and Eric Edholm of YahooSports.com earlier today on the score. Big Ant sitting in for Lawrence Holmes. And uh, Eric, he's got uh, his ear to the ground on everything about the NFL college draft. The Combine does begin in Indianapolis next week. Uh, it starts on March 1st and runs through March 7th, although most of what you will be hearing will occur in the first few days. I will be there reporting live. In fact, I'll be joining uh, Danny Parkins and Matt Spiegel next Tuesday afternoon on the first day of the Combine, shortly after we have visited once again with Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus. Combine is a lot of fun. It's, it's not for fans. They have, in recent years, opened it up to where fans can uh, attend and and, and watch some of the workouts, but believe me, you don't see a whole lot. And, uh, Uh, I'm not trying to discourage you, but it it, it would maybe be a little disappointing as to what you might actually get to experience. But as a media event and as the first chance to really get to know uh, some of the top prospects and visit with their agents, it is a big, big deal. I'm looking forward to being in Indianapolis next week, as are most of my brethren in the NFL media, and we will have it all covered for you wall-to-wall right here at 670 The Score. Right now, I've got to take a quick commercial break. Got about 15, 20 minutes left in the program. Would love to take your calls at 312-644-6767. You can text me there as well. Back to visit with you in just a moment right here at The Score.
1: This is
0: Sports Radio six seventy The Score, Chicago's sports station.
2: I actually had applied for and been offered a job at the San Diego Zoo, but uh, other things happened. It's a so, big zoo. Uh, it, 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 you know, it's always been highly thought of as one of the best in the country in the world I don't know if it is or not um, but at that time it had some real uh, uh, credibility and and beyond that you know it was the early 70s a uh, still child of the 60s thing being out in California and being a hippie seemed like a pretty good idea but uh, other things other things happened All right Callahan. <laughs> I guess everybody recognizes the voice. That was me visiting yesterday with uh, uh, Danny Parkins and, and Matt Spiegel. And it was the first amen uh, man I've ever gotten out of Parkins, Brian. So I, I guess in that regard, uh, it, it was worth listening to. I, uh, I, I I can't imagine, was there a lot of feedback on that? I didn't really think anybody would be interested.
0: Well, there was uh, some reaction on Twitter. I believe somebody, one of the followers of the, the mob created a or made up a an image or photoshopped an image with your head on jack hannah's body so yeah definitely some reaction on that
2: okay well as most of our listeners know i, I don't spend a lot of time on twitter um so i would have missed that but you know, to the extent that it was actually a, a friend of ours, George Offman, of course, longtime employee here at the SCORE and now over at our sister station, WBBM, has a regular podcast called, called Tell Me a Story I've Never Heard. Uh, and George asked me a few months back to visit with him on his podcast. My reaction to him was. Similar to what I just said, I said, George, I don't know if anybody wants to listen to it, but if you want to talk to me, that's fine. Uh, and we did get into, you know, some of what gets y'all into this business. And in my case, I really never intended to be in this business. Uh, I went to the University of Michigan from 1973 to 1976, and had to work my way through to get there and stay there. And uh, got a job working at the University Laboratory of Animal Medicine, and. Uh, uh, I was a lab tech one at the time. I actually had to take several tests, started with lab tech three, was elevated to lab tech one. And in, in English that effectively made me an animal handler and, and capable of handling, uh, some fairly large and exo- exotic animals. We did have a lot of, um, uh, we had some apes, some gorillas, uh, baboons that came through a lot of farm animals, um, got the occasional, um, coyote, but but not really we never had any lions or tigers uh, or bears or things. Oh my uh, oh yeah um, it, it was where I developed my my love affair with I actually was already had a love affair with dogs. that's why we've always had two or three in the house which by the way, Brian, we've made it through almost three hours. no dog fights, no slurping in the in the water bowl. We're doing good so far. I hope I didn't just jinx us. but um, <laughs> at any rate, yeah, that, that came up in my visit with Danny and Matt and I think it was Matt. Who, who actually suggested, in spite of instead of becoming the uh, senior football analyst and expert at 6-7 the score, I could have been the, the Jack Hanna um, of sports, uh, but that was never really uh, part of the plan. Actually, I, I had played a little bit of football uh, while well, I played in high school and a little bit in college and, and actually did a little bit of coaching for a year or two in high school and, and loved it. And uh, my family has always been in the newspaper business, and so that's how we ended up here uh, if you actually are interested, then, then you know go to your, your iTunes or your App Store and get George's podcast. Tell me a story I haven't heard. Um, I don't I, I haven't heard the podcast. I know we visited for quite a while. I'm not sure how long it is, but uh, George is an excellent interviewer, and we did talk some sports as well. So I would strongly recommend. Uh, that if you're interested, go ahead and grab the podcast, see what you think. So, uh, Brian, thank you for everything tonight, man. You have done an absolutely incredible job. Uh, Brian Callahan, my producer, our production staff here at The Score is just outstanding. Uh, I'm sure you've noticed we've been a little slower on phone calls tonight. I think we're at that point in the season. I know some folks are probably not used to us staying on until 10 o'clock. Normally this has become the 6 to 9 shift, but because we had uh, Bears all access tonight, we did get started an hour later at 7, and uh, Mitch Rosen, our boss, decided we would go an extra hour until 10. And I'm enjoying being with you. I hope you're enjoying uh, listening. I know you got to enjoy Brian's work so far. Um, And I will get back to just a couple of the texts that I did not get a chance to answer yet. Um, uh, The most recent one is asking me who would be my ideal targets for the Bears uh, to use um, with their second round pick. Um, And, uh, you know, I'm going to apologize on that one, but as I just got done talking about, we're going to the combine next week. We're, we're, We're just first meeting some of these young men. We're going to get the critical... Um, physicals and and, and the measurables, if you will, the triangle numbers, the size, speed, and strength stuff, then there will be pro days. We'll get to talk to teams about their um, reactions to what they see at the combine, what they see at the pro days, what they've already learned on tape. So I do have the beginnings of our Pro Football Weekly Big Board for Shaw Local and shawlocal.com. I can start rattling off names of of the best-known 150, 200 prospects, but that doesn't mean that by the time we get even within another month of the draft, let alone closer, um, that they're going to be the top prospects. So trying to tell you who's going to be there in the second round is just impossible. And I do not want to mislead you into somebody who, you know, might feel like a second rounder today, but could end up a first rounder or a fourth rounder by the time we get there. You want to talk free agency? Um, that's a little uh, little easier because we already know who they are. Now, some guys will get tagged and the first day for tags, I believe, was today, actually, although there's no big hurry to do that. Uh, those tags will have to be permanent, I believe, by March 9th, so we'll have a better handle on that. But there is a ton of talent to be had at wide receiver and free agency, Um, The guy who probably interests me, well, there's two guys who interest me the most. I think Mike Williams. I know Matt Spiegel is a big Mike Williams guy, and he's brought me around. I I like him a lot. He was a little bit of a slow starter after being drafted uh, by the the then San Diego, now LA Chargers, but has really come on the last couple of years, become a big-time receiver and a big possession receiver, uh, can make plays downfield. A really nice compliment to Darnell Mooney. He would interest me a great deal. Um, I think that Christian Kirk and Chris Godwin are, are, are really interesting as potential number one receivers, although not the the bigger uh, number one possession receivers that you look for. They would be um, more similar to Darnell Mooney than a nice complement. But nonetheless, if you're a number one, you're a number one. And I do believe Mooney's ceiling is, is a number two, a really good one, but a number two. So Chris Godwin and, and um, as I just said, uh uh Christian Kirk uh, are, are, are guys who I think could be very interesting um you know you got Sammy Watkins you got Juju Smith Schuster out there uh you, you've got a lesser known guy like Zay Jones who was really coming on this year for the Raiders. DJ Chark is popular with a lot of folks. I'm not as high on him. He might be a two or a three. Would be a nice addition. The Bears need at least three more receivers. So, you know, right now, you've got Darnell Mooney, and that's it. you got Daz Newsome and Simba Webster and Isaiah Coulter are on the roster, but they're not proven NFL receivers. So you're going to see a lot of new bodies there. Now, Jakeem Grant and Demir Bird and, um, uh, of course, Marquise Goodwin, guys who were all brought in to fix the position last year didn't work out. That's not to say that uh, Ryan Poles wouldn't consider bringing one of them back. Alan Robinson, it's just, it's hard to see happening at this point. I I don't, I, I know Robinson has professed love for Chicago and has indicated that he certainly would engage in more conversation and more negotiation if the Bears wanted, but it's going to be such a different free agent market for him this year uh, coming off a lost season in which he got a year older that I just, I don't know if it can be worked out. Now, Alan Robinson is still just 28 years old and he is a legit number one. And his problems in 2021 were much more a result, well, of the injuries obviously, but even before that, the de-emphasis on his value in the offense as Matt Nagy adjusted things and moved more towards focusing on Darnell Mooney and all that speed that he brought in and, and with the poor quarterback play. And Hey, listen, Justin Fields didn't have a good year. He didn't have a horrible year for a rookie forced to start too soon. I still think he's a great prospect, um uh, and has a chance to be a franchise quarterback not writing him off by any means but just being honest guys i mean the bears had the worst quarterback play in the in the nfl uh, the one thing close to to a, a a complete acceptable game they got was the one game that nick foles played and he was never part of the competition so um uh, you know a lot of that caused allen robinson's drop off but then there was Um, you know, the first, the hamstring injury, then the time lost to COVID and it was just a lost season. So, uh, you know, whether he resurfaces as a number one or not, um, uh, I, I really can't say. So, you know, there's plenty available in, in free agency at wide receiver. Can't really help you. I, I mean, I can, but, but to start to name players in the draft right now, without really being able to to focus our board on when these guys are expected to go isn't really going to help you all that much. Um, uh, Last one on the text line, why has no NFL MVP won the Super Bowl the same year since Kurt Warner in 1999 and 2000? You're trying to drag me into a conversation I don't want to get into, which is maybe because the right guy hasn't won the MVP. But the flip side of that is you look at some of these Super Bowl MVPs, I mean, you look at a guy like Santonio, Holmes, who was a legitimate MVP in the Super Bowl, but was never going to be a season long MVP. The the MVP has become a quarterback award. It's almost impossible for anybody other than a quarterback to win it, and too many MVPs in season don't get to the Super Bowl, so I guess that's the best answer I have for you on that one. Guys, we are out of time. I don't know where it goes when I get to visit with you, but it just flies by. Thank you all so much for being with me. I want to thank our great lineup of guests tonight. We started with Wayne Larravee, the voice of the Green Bay Packers, then Bruce Levine, our own senior baseball expert here at 6M. The score was good enough to stop by. Rick Camp, who is our in-house Bulls maven, was here as well. Brian Callahan behind the glass, spinning the dials. Great job, as always, Brian. Thank you so very much. And most of all, again, to all of you for listening, for calling, for texting. Really appreciate you being out there. I want you to stay tuned. We've got the CBS Sports Radio Network coming up next. And then my buddy, Grody. Mark Grody is new on overnights. He'll be here at midnight. So for the best sports talk in town, 24-7. Make sure you stay right where you're at, 670 the score. I'll be back soon. Appreciate you all. Have a great night, everybody. The hippie seemed like a pretty good idea, but uh, other things happened.